Cut the Crest presents The Screening Room Twenty eighteen is officially over. Gosh, and what a year! No, it wasn't what a year. It was it was a bit of a mediocre year, apart from you know family time with my baby and my wife. Yeah, it was. Yeah, eh, eh, I learned some interesting things. Worked for a couple of interesting people. Worked on some interesting projects, I suppose. But uh, overall, it was uh, yeah a bit meh. Yeah. Mm. I got this. I got this podcast launch finally, after like twelve years in the planning. That was pretty pretty good. So yeah, actually, twenty eighteen wasn't that bad. And as far as films are concerned, it was um, pretty good from what I vaguely remember. Problem is, when you've got a one year old child, or you know whatever, he he was on you know a few months, and he's like one and a half now or whatever. Um, you don't really get many opportunities to do anything for yourself. You're kind of just constantly running around after this uh, amazing kid. And I know it sounds like I'm I'm complaining, but I, I'm not. It's I'm not. But I do wish I'd seen more films because originally I'd planned this episode, this quick little Wahujima flip of an episode, to be uh, my top ten films of 2018, and. Then I realized I don't think I saw 10 fucking films in 2018. So it then quickly became uh, my top five films of 2018. And then after a little bit of pondering, uh, and when I say a little bit of pondering, literally after about five seconds, I realized, fuck, I don't even think I saw five films in 2018. It is ridiculous. Uh, The wife and I have had two dates, two dates in almost as many years. And one of those dates was to go see Christopher Robin. Uh, And we only went to see that because we both had a little bit of... We both worked on it a little bit. But anyway, um, more about that later, I guess. But so, yeah, I really... Jesus, I'm so bad. How can I be uh, running this film-based podcast when I don't watch any films? It's fucking... It's ridiculous. It's not not even ironic. It's just fucking stupid. But uh, anyway... So I I, uh, I I did I did in the end manage to get a top five. I actually I did see a few odds and sods here and there. Funnily enough, my my number one I don't even think was released in 2018. In fact, I'm pretty sure that film is almost two years old now. But uh, I only saw it in 2018 uh, after festival runs. So I I, I believe it had done. Uh, you know, it it done. It spent a good year or so on the festival circuit, and then it finally, then it finally hit, yeah, mainstream or whatever. You know, like home video, aka Sky TV, for the modern, you know, for the modern age, home video for the modern age. Anyway, so um, I'll I won't waste too much time. I'm just going to jump straight into it. And there's a few. I've got a few sort of uh, honourable mentions. God, I'm doing air quotes again, and you can't see because. This audio. Maybe I should film this. Actually, no, you really don't want to see me sitting sitting here in my pajamas, um, fretting, sweating over the fact that I've only seen a total of like six films. So yeah, I've got a few, a uh, handful of honorable mentions. I did manage to see m- 
it seems I saw most of my films on um, in like the latter part of the year. Uh, and even then, they were all just, you know, they're all sort of genre heavy flicks. But I'll give you my list anyway. So I'll start at number five. And this may surprise some of you, some of the guys who know that I'm a massive, massive Star Wars nut. Uh, my number five is Solo. And it's not at the bottom of my list because I think it's bad or anything. Just bear in mind, these are all films, this top five, and even some of the honorable mentions, are all films that I utterly, utterly adore. So, um, yeah, it it, it doesn't, I'm not, I'm not saying that I, I'm not even necessarily saying that I liked it the least because I saw this film uh, opening night or just or the night before it opened uh no wait no 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 i didn't see it opening night i saw it like a good two weeks later i think it was anyway uh i saw it at midnight screening at pinewood with um a group of star wars fans uh fanta tracks uh chaps check it check their website out if you feel so inclined they, they got good content on there anyway um so i saw it yeah midnight screening at pinewood which was um which was quite nice uh it was clearly rammed full of just fans i didn't see anybody or at least didn't recognize anybody that had worked on it or anything so there was nothing like that there it was just um i think it was just fans but uh it was nice the screen that uh not screen i forget the name of the cinema uh at Pino studios um shit it's named after like a really famous old actor. Anyway, whatever. That that screen uh, is great. If you ever get a chance, because it's open to the public. Yeah, this isn't some weird exclusive. Oh, look at me! You know, I'm 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 in with the cool kids kind of thing. It's uh, it's open to the public. You go online, you buy the tickets. They are considerably dearer than anywhere else. I think it was about twenty five pounds. But then I generally pay that for um, IMAX tickets anyway at the BFI. So. Uh, you know, you know, whatever you're going to go see there, you because it's so kind of out of the way and a bit niche, I suppose, in that respect. Uh, it's not a view cinema. You're not going to get some scallywag chucking popcorn at the back of your head and, you know, trying to stab you or something after for turning them off. Um, you're not going to get any of that nonsense. It's a really nice screen. It's really comfortable. Uh, you can get a, you know, it's quite a mature affair, I suppose. There's not like a typical concession stand thing from what I, yeah, it was just a little, almost like a little cantini calf type thing with a little deli countery thing and you can get coffee or whatever. And yeah, anyway, uh, it's good. I highly recommend it. And the film was a riot. I really freaking liked it. Oh, uh, I've got little criticism, apart from, I think, I suppose it sits at number five for me, mainly because it didn't really hit me in the feelies uh, as much as some of the other films did on my list, which are, and my list, I think, is going to surprise a lot of people, because you've probably not even heard of half of these things, but, um, yeah, so uh, it, it, it was a bit of a checklist for me, like, this is how... Han Solo got his gun. This is how he met Chewbacca. This is how he gets the Falcon. This is how he meets Lando. And blah, 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 blah. This is the Castle Run. And So from that perspective, you kind of think, oh, why is all of this shit happening in the space of like two days? Or, you know, whatever it was, a week or whatever. But I think for the for the simple fact that 
you want to give all that fan um what do you call it not fan it is fan service i suppose it is fan service but it was ah, it was deeply satisfying man that film was just a lot of fun um even though i, I kind of got a bit confused about the castle run because i always thought it was like a quarter mile drag race right uh given lucas's history with uh car racing and his um you know his passion for that stuff that's how i always sort of oh it's the car that it's the ship that made the castle run in 12 parsecs it's kind of like saying oh i've got a 12 second car 12 second that's pretty fucking slow actually it's like a one liter ford fiesta or something but anyway you know spaceships it's all different but yeah uh solo so solo sits at number five for me um aesthetically it is gorgeous all the performances any you know older Narenreich was just brilliant smashed it out of the park I think and put all the naysayers to rest um Jonas is yeah you know he's he's great I think he's really taken on that uh role of Chewbacca and and really I I can't say made it his own I think he's he does his best sort of chewy Peter Mayhew impression where to the point where you can't even tell that it's not Peter Mayhew. Do you know what I mean? It's uh, he's just that good, and he, and he's such a nice guy that he deserves everything that he's um, that he's getting. Um, yeah, a good film, man. Good film. And oh, by the way, I guess I should warn everybody that I am going to talk about these films to some degree, uh, and you know, not going into too much depth, but there will be spoilers, I suppose, such as. Seeing Darth Maul at the end of Solo gave me a fucking literal bone. I was like, oh, good grief. That is amazing. You know, uh, with the mechanical legs and stuff. So for fans, that's like, oh, yes, we recognize that from the Clone War cartoon when he, you know, got his spider legs and then his robot legs and all that stuff. I can, I can appreciate how regular cinema guys are probably thinking, what the fuck is going on here? Is that that weird black and red dude from that film with the annoying kid and i'll be like yeah but that kid wasn't annoying he was amazing and that film was amazing so shut the fuck up uh anyway so yeah solo number five number four is a film that i saw on the airplane uh out to goa uh the other week um for family wedding dory i'm not some international jet setting uh playboy type person uh it was all yeah, pretty normal stuff. Anyway, uh, yeah, I saw a couple of films, and uh, I really liked this one. It, my choices were not very high, you know. I didn't have many, many choices because uh, I was on one of these, you know, budget uh, flights, so I had like the choice of about four films. But fine, it was okay. Um, I saw Life of the Party. With Melissa McCarthy. Now, I'm not a massive, massive fan of Melissa McCarthy. I think she is super talented. Actually, I'm a fan of hers, less so her films, if that makes sense. Um, Having said that, I do like a lot of her stuff. And this film particularly was, it was really sweet. I, I have this, I'd never heard of it. So I went in completely blind. And it's one of those, it had a real 80s, uh, sensibility in that well actually it was just kind of re- basically it was back to school with uh oh gosh what was oh, man i'm so shit with names what was his name uh back to school anybody remember that film with you know that funny american comedian that he, he had the googly eyes and 
he was oh god rodney dangerfield dangerfield that's it i was thinking danger mouse no so back to school was one of my favorite films when i was a kid um and i loved the idea of you know and i was like an old person in school what the fuck and I, but i just loved it and i and i just kept watching that film over and over again i think i recorded on does anybody remember for you brits uh, when cable television first reached our shitty little shores we um we had a f- one film channel and it was called premier this was before sky bought bsb i think it was before bsb even came along or was it was it bsb i don't know whatever and uh, there was a film channel called premier this is showing my age now and they would show they would rotate like 10 films or whatever it was uh, over and over again in any given week or month or whatever and uh, i think if i remember correctly back to school was one of them and they had such good stuff man like that's where i saw whoopee boys for the first time one of the funniest freaking films i've ever seen in my entire life uh, i'll probably do a commentary track on that someday um but uh yeah back to school and this reminded me exactly of that it's basically melissa mccarthy goes to drop her oh i'm gonna drop the entire fucking plot here but she goes to drop her kid off to college as you do i love these types of american films by the way where they're just set in like middle america and they're just yeah they're quite grounded but uh yeah i just love them um drops the kid off and then her life sort of takes a bit of a turn and she goes back to finish uh college college meaning the american college obviously uh college to us brits is uh between the ages of uh 16 and 18 yeah it's a level so that i guess i guess that's senior high whereas the U- the yanks call college uh university university is college anyway uh and it's just really nice it's really sweet it's about the film is essentially about family you know and these kinds of topics always hit home um so yeah that gave me the feelies and uh and it was actually really fucking funny i thought it was really funny i really liked it i'm gonna try and watch that film again actually if i can find it because i have no idea where you can find this film but anyway find it find it and watch it that's my number four life of the party number three is another film which harks back to the in terms of its um plot and everything harks back to the 80s again which is probably why i like it so much is uh something i think i saw on netflix it's called when we first met uh this film stars adam devine now you guys uh it may not know the name but uh but you definitely i'm sure you know the face because he's in a lot of stuff uh I think I was first introduced to him as the, uh, I guess, the foil in um, Pitch Perfect, the first Pitch Perfect film. He was the, uh, you know, the leader of the, uh, the 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 baddie acapella group. Oh, what the hell will they call that? A hilarious name. I'm gonna look this up. But anyway, so like, um, so he was. Yeah, he he was the foil um, to Anna Kendrick, I guess. Or was he, actually? Because I, re- I kind of remember him disappearing and then coming back. But anyway, he was brilliant in that. But you may also know him from a TV show called Workaholics. And uh, this is a TV show that I wanted to see. It's been out for some years now. I remember seeing the ads. I thought, this looks fucking hilarious. I am going to definitely watch this. And what happened? I never watched it. But I did see this film. And it's basically, um, it's essentially big, uh, kind of. Big meets 
Back to the Future meets Groundhog Day. Um, wait, does it mean? Yeah, it does because it's kind of it's, it's time travel. Anyway, uh, it's really sweet. It's about this guy. It's about um, second chances and stuff. Uh, and it, it is a rom com basically, um, but it's yeah, it's great. And it reminds it reminded me. I'll tell you why I was. Um, I really like this type of film, uh, or this type of. I really enjoyed this type of storytelling. It reminded me of um, my first ever play that I was in. I went for this random audition um, when I, early on in my sort of acting uh, or entertainment career, and uh, nailed it. Thank you very much. Uh, it was for an adaptation of. Um, oh God, what was the guy's name? Uh, anyway, there was a series. It was like a. It was a series of six plays uh, called All in the Timing, and this theater company had taken. Uh, they'd adapted and repurposed uh, one of the pieces called Sure Thing, and it's basically uh, David Ives is the name. Sorry, the playwright David Ives. See that? Yeah. Anyway. And uh, basically, it's just about this guy, and uh, he walks into a calf, and he sees this uh, this girl, and he basically tries to chat her up, essentially. Um, and every time he cocks up, or it all starts going south, so it starts off positively, and then it starts going south, and this sort of bell rings, or something happens, this sort of... Uh, omniscient being just sort of goes a ding and uh in fact i think that's what we called it our version of it was called ding i think fuck creative anyway um and uh and and it basically uh resets and he gets to start again uh, so he picks up like a few lines prior or whatever and it's like it's an amazing little uh play um and I, yeah, uh, I think we, I, to be honest with you, I'm not gloating. I don't often gloat because I don't know. I don't particularly consider myself a very good actor, but I think we smashed it. And the play, if you ever get a chance to see it anywhere, I'd like, because I, I was studying, um, when I was studying on it uh, during, or the lead up to rehearsals and then during the rehearsals, um, I think every version of it that I got to see, because you can find um, videos on YouTube of it, uh, Everybody's just fucking amazing. It's just great. It's so quick. It's uh, it's so clever. It's witty, um, and to learn it is fucking difficult. Um, and uh, but so satisfying. If you're performing it, if you're somebody out there who wants to um, dive headfirst into acting, I'll tell you what. Do this play. Uh, be the yeah. Whether it's the male. Uh, le- well, whichever part actually, because you, it's kind of interchangeable. I mean, we did it with a boy and a girl, sort of. That's how I think it was done back in the eighties uh, or whenever it was that it was written. And um, but it's it's really sort of yeah, it's interchangeable, especially in this day and age. You know, as long as you sort of uh, get that romantic uh, uh, connection between the two characters, or you 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 know that's that's evident. As long as that's evident, it works um, because it is about one person trying to chat up somebody else. Um, and failing and failing and failing and each time they progress and anyway it's great and this film was essentially it reminded me of that it is a bit like that it's it's called when we first met um, and it is about this guy who figures out that he 
can go back and try and um you know win over the love of his life and uh and yeah it's just uh i i've really i i really loved it it was um it kind of hit all these really nice notes while still being a bit ludicrous and and adam devine is just such a joy to watch i just wonderful anyway go check it out right number two on my list number two is infinity war surprise surprise um well actually some people may be surprised uh because i'm such a slave to uh not even a slave that's not the right word but you know i just love all this genre stuff i love I grew up reading these comics, uh, you know, reading, watching science fiction and fantasy, and I, I just love anything genre. And the 10 solid years I've been following the MCU, knowing that it was all leading up to at least what I thought, the Infinity Gauntlet, which is a short, uh, a miniseries, comics, I think four issues or maybe five, I forget now, um, where the mad titan Thanos, or Thanos, however the fuck you want to pronounce it, um rocks up and just fucks everybody up mashes them up man minces them up you know what i'm saying you like bust them up now rude boy he's like my name is Thanos. me bust you up now anyway and he um uh yeah and so it was a story that i was very much looking forward to and seeing how uh marvel studios was going to um tweak change adapt you know and in some ways evolve the story from what it was in the comics because I remember the comic having a lot of fucking exposition. There's a lot of people just standing around in a room talking about stuff. Anyway, and uh, man, that film did not disappoint. It's quite possibly... uh, Actually, I was about to say satisfying. It wasn't... uh, It was super entertaining. I was on the edge of my seat for most of it uh if not all of it actually um satisfying is not the right word it wasn't satisfying like how solo was pretty satisfying at the end you're like yeah and then they you know ride off into the sunset or whatever the fuck they did um because that ending does kind of make you think all right but actually you know i i think even it was public knowledge everybody knew that you know guardians volume three was being written even though they wiped out all the guardians at the end of infinity war we knew um spider-man far from home was uh coming i'd i'd missed out on a shitty little part in there as man running away from explosion or something oh that would have been a career highlight for me but didn't get it anyway whatever uh so we knew we know that all these sequels are coming but i suppose the big thing that we or at least i didn't know and it seems like a lot of people didn't know was whether captain america and or iron man uh, we're going to make it through this film. Were they going to get minced? And uh, so, oh man, when Thanos sticks that uh, uh, nano Wahujima flip through Tony Stark's gutterage, you're like, oh, fuck. You know, like, I think the entire theater was, uh, like, holding their breath. Well, I genuinely thought that was it, and I loved how it wasn't. But anyway, that, yeah, Infinity War just fucking 10 years of just building weaving just creating this incredible storyline um this story this world all the world building and everything that kevin feige's done and all of his um uh creators his directors his writers everybody uh all the actors oh it's just uh yeah man it that was that was the one that was the one now see that 
should have been my number one, probably, out of at least the stuff that I have seen this year. But yeah, it it wasn't. Oddly enough, uh, my number one pick for 2018, which I am reasonably sure is not even a 2018 film, uh, is Brigsby Bear. Now, Brigsby Bear, if uh, you are unfamiliar, I guess it's what you would classify as an indie um but it's it's not an indie indie it's you know it's like a, it's a it's like one of these studio indies i mean it's got names attached and yeah loads of money and stuff but it still it goes on to the festival circuit i mean it went to sundance which you know it's not really indie film is it you, these guys aren't really you can't really call a six million pound film an independent film uh unless I don't know, somebody really wealthy is making it. But, um, yeah, Brigsby Bear. Now, the thing is, this film uh, was on the festival circuit, I think, from early 2017. You, 2017. you need you need to um, excuse my uh, piss-poor knowledge right now. I'm trying to recall. Um, yeah, I, th- I believe, I can't remember when, but early 2017, it went on to the festival circuit in the U.S., I think towards the end of 2017, uh, October, I think it was, it hit the UK film festival circuit, or it came to the UK. And then, you know, this is why I sort of, uh, I'm kind of saying that it's my number one of 2018, because apart from aside from the fact that I saw it in 2018, it came to, I, I saw it on Sky TV, uh, I think it was Sky TV. I'm sure it was. Anyway, um, so I saw it, you know, essentially on home video. And and it, it had just sort of come out. So it technically, yeah, okay, it's not it's not a 2018 film because of, you know, home video, at least in the UK, is usually generally quite slow anyway. Usually just by months um, after theatrical release. Sometimes, especially for, you know, lesser known films like this, I suppose, or smaller pictures, uh, it could be a year or whatever. So having said that, um, it's still going to be my number one because it really, uh, I, I, nothing else that I saw this year affected me quite in the same way as Brigsby Bear. Now it's, the film is about, it's, a, it's about filmmaking actually. So that's really nice and sweet because I consider myself a filmmaker. Um, or a storyteller through whatever. I mean, yeah. And, but it sort of hits, I mean, it hits all these different notes. So there's a lot of comedy in there, but there's also sentiment. There's a bit of creepiness in terms of the premise. I won't, I won't give too much away because this actually is a film that I think uh, everybody should see. Um, I think, especially if you're a parent, I think maybe that's why it hit me so much was brought a lot of things into question because the oh god how can i can't really talk about it without spoiling stuff but essentially this kid uh is kind of okay right okay the heavy spoilers if you're not if you want to just go away and watch the film uh go in clean then just uh i don't know skip by two three minutes or, or four minutes I'll, I'll try and be quick um skip a few minutes ahead uh if you don't really care and like the sound of my voice then uh continue to listen 
So basically, it's about this kid who's abducted, essentially, uh, from a very young age and raised by uh, this couple, um, one of whom is the father is Mark Hamill, who is fucking marvellous. I mean, oh, God, that guy is just so... Anyway, um, and uh, it's... And, and they raise him... Uh, but he's sort of this kid is sheltered. So the father, Mark Hamill, you know, the, this this uh, the kidnapper basically. He's he creates this world. He shelters this kid completely, and he creates this television show, which is in the in the vein of like old seventies and eighties um, kids uh, programs. You know, a bit like Rainbow and all that kind of stuff, where you've got a guy in a suit, and but it's this sort of science. I think it was science fictiony and all that kind of stuff. And and, and he he release he goes off and he records these episodes and he and he kind of brings these videotapes these vhs tapes back for his now actually quite adult son but the kid's grown up uh, watching all this stuff and every week you know he thinks he's getting a new episode of whatever it is and um and it, it yeah it's it's really odd in that sense but it does feel like uh all of this um this this stuff that he does that like the father sort of tells the kid that we've there's I think he yeah he tells him that there's it's been a while since I saw the film but uh essentially there's been like this sort of nuclear fallout or something and you can't go outside because the air is unbreathable or whatever you got to put these weird hazmat suit type things on and and uh and so this kid is completely sheltered he he hasn't seen the the outside world or whatever or he, yeah he has he sits on top of the roof or he anyway but he basically yeah so he's sheltered he has no idea what reality is so his reality is quite warped he's kind of stuck in this uh in this fiction he's living this fiction that he thinks is reality and and it seems that the, the parents these parent these kidnappers uh they've done this out of some kind of weird love it's born from some love to protect this kid uh so it's pretty yeah it's pretty odd anyway um and then essentially you know he figures it out and he gets out and the 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 kidnap the kidnappers are arrested and whatnot and he the kid is reunited with his family uh his real family but obviously they they don't really know each other they don't know each other even though the 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 biological parents sort of are all loving, you know, they're, they're absolutely loving towards him and everything. You know, technically they don't, they, yeah, they absolutely do not know this person because the kid was taken as a baby and now they're presented with this adult, like a 20-year-old or whatever. But yeah, and then, and then you just see how that, uh, those relationships, how they form slowly over time. But the kid basically goes back. Once He, he can't seem to accept that this TV show that he grew up with was not real. Yeah, if I remember correctly, he actually thinks it's real or whatever. So when he's shown the studio and stuff, he's like, no, 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 this can't be right or whatever. And he goes off and he he, he gets his hands on all the uh, confiscated uh, props and everything, so the suit and everything. And he and he makes some friends and he, because he's got a sister, actually. He's got a, a biological sister now who's uh, obviously younger than him, yeah. But she's at college or whatever and he gets in with their group and stuff and... It's about him readjusting to society, but part of that process is that he goes and recreates this TV show. He wants to turn it into a film or whatever called Brigsby Bear. So he and he just can't let this thing go. And and it's very much like 
certainly for me, you know, where I've got certain uh, characters and who are icons. That they these are icons to me. Uh, well, not icon in traditional sense. An icon in traditional sense is a piece of graphic design. It's like a logo or whatever. Um, but in the pop sort of sense, what what icon has become? You know, since uh, I guess uh, you know the Mar- you know Marilyn Monroe. All of a sudden, all the all the magazines and everything are saying she is an icon, and like, and all the artists and graphic designers out there are saying, "No, that's not what an icon is. You fucking changed the meaning of the word." But hey, language evolves. Blah blah. Get over it. So, um, you know, all these iconic characters, your your sort of Optimus Primes, your Luke Skywalker's, your whatever the hell. Um, just like how I still at the age of almost 42, I'm, I'm just about to hit 42, all these characters that I grew up with mean so much to me. Uh, this Briggs Me Bear character means that much to this guy. And he goes out, yeah, and, and it's about sort of just being creative and it's brilliant. You know, it, it, there's elements of uh, uh, Be Kind Rewind in there, you know, this whole notion of just uh, telling a story and and doing that through whatever means you can um you know making a film or whatever uh, it's just yeah it's brilliant it's insp- it's an inspiring film um and i i heavily recommend it some people might turn around and say oh it's sentimental tosh or whatever but no n- not a- i mean yeah it, it's it, it 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 does hit that note as well but it's uh it's a beautiful it's a beautiful film and the odd thing is it was uh it's by the lonely island guys so if you don't know the lonely island guys is andy sandberg and his crew uh i always forget the other guy the other the actor's name he's so funny god he played his little brother in hot rod um he was also hitler in kung fury do you remember that short that soon to be a feature actually uh that swedish short film which is a big throwback to the 80s uh anyway check that out as well i think the full film is on youtube but uh buy it anyway because it's like a fiver man just go on itunes support these people man support the arts but uh yeah anyway it's got him and and yeah so it's part of the lonely island uh gang and if you've seen any of their films like that tennis one and the run the cycling one and you know it, oh, forget the names god i'm so good at this god recall is really bad anyway uh, you know, it's usually quite kooky and out there, and this, you could say subject matter-wise, is a bit kooky and out there, but it's, uh, yeah, I don't know, there's just something a bit profound about what it means to be a parent, um, and, yeah, shit, I, that's an, I'm gonna go watch that again as well, uh, yeah, really great film, um, okay, so, to quickly, um, wrap this up because i've been wobbling on for a lot longer than i'd hoped uh i'm going to give some quick honorable mentions as well because i did see a few other films yeah um i saw finally ant-man and the wasp uh which i don't know i think my expectations were really high for it and uh they couldn't meet him but that sort of mid-credit scene was perfect icing on the cake spoiler alert scott lang goes into the quantum realm to go get the fuzzy jizz stuff to help the baddie British girl, and um, and he loses contact with uh, Hank Pym and um, Michelle Pfeiffer and the Wasp uh, because they've been wiped out of existence by Thanos. <gasps> they are Ash. So that was 
it was worth it just to see that. But yeah, good film, um, good crack. But it, yeah, I kind of put it oddly enough. I put it a little below everything in my top five. Um, I saw Ready Player One, which uh, I have to admit I struggled with. Um, I did watch it over three fucking sessions. This is this is what I mean, right? It's uh, it's not impossible for my wife and I to watch anything. So we ended up seeing that over like yeah three chunks. I mean, the film is about 18 hours long, so, uh, you know, I think we did pretty good. But, uh, yeah, it was it was okay. It didn't feel very Spielberg-y to me, oddly enough. And um, if you are a bit of a pop culture junkie, then it's it's a lot of fun because you're, you're just sort of looking out for all the little Easter eggs and stuff. But in terms of story, um, yeah, I don't know. It didn't do it for me. I don't know. Yeah, it, it felt a little... A little flat. Um, you know, I used to be a gamer. I don't think you necessarily need to be a gamer to enjoy it, but it probably does help. Uh, if you're not a pop culture junkie, then really it's probably not going to hit home. Or maybe it does. I don't know. I mean, I haven't read the book, so I'm not talking about it you know, comparatively. I'm just looking at film, the film itself objectively and... Um, I think, uh, and I had some really nice moments, and the performances are great, and the visuals are fantastic. It looked very much like a computer game, but it did very much look like a computer game from the year 2017, 18, you know, uh, don't know, about 2034, I imagine the visuals are probably going to be a bit better than what we were given. But anyway, yeah, whatever, man, I'm nitpicking. But yeah, Ready Player One, that was, yeah, it was okay. Yeah, I think I like the ending of it. A bit better than anything else. Uh, uh, Game Over Man. The famous Bill Paxton um, Hudson quote from Aliens. Game Over, I think, comma, man. uh, Is another film that I think I saw on Netflix. Uh, um, Yeah, another Adam Devine, Workaholics crew. In fact, it's the guys from Workaholics, the three main uh, leads from that. It's them. And it's essentially... It's basically Die Hard. Uh, it is Die Hard, but just fucking ridiculous. And uh, nice sort of little Easter eggs in there as well. If you're a Home Alone fan, um, check it out. See if you can pick it up. Uh, I really liked it. Again, I really liked it. And not just because of Adam Devine, but um, uh, just it just seemed to work. It was quite tight. I could probably have done without the Shaggy cameo, but you know, I wasn't really a Shaggy fan. But there's some cool cameos. Um, but yeah, it's essentially uh, a remake of Die Hard, but uh, just um, a bit more ridiculous. Uh, but yeah, really good. I I, I quite enjoyed it. Um, Christopher Robin gets an honourable mention. Now, this is quite possibly one of the most depressing fucking flicks I've ever seen in my entire life. And this story has been done before, as most stories have, and but probably done a bit better in, say, Hook. You know, Robin Williams... Uh, Dustin Hoffman hook uh, that I think was a bit more successful in terms of telling telling the story of you know a, a child that's sort of grown into a miserable adult and lost his his what was a he hmm. uh, lost his sense of uh, fun and imagination and all that stuff and uh, you know the premise is great um, and like I said the, the film is quite sentimental. In itself, anyway, but it's sentimental to me and my wife because uh, we did a bit of work on it. I did a week, 
on it as a uh, as station porter. So SP-014. I think that was who I was. I don't know if you've seen me in the film, but, uh, you know, I'm running around there in the train station scenes. And uh, not common knowledge, I probably shouldn't even be saying it, but my wife in the early, in pre-production, uh, was involved with... Uh, uh, with the test week uh, in the in the testing stages when they're trying to work out how they're going to do all the characters. So initially it was going to be uh, sort of mocap stuff that uh, my wife was going to do, and uh, and in the end, actually, I think they just went with stuffies and stuff. So, uh, um, but yeah, you know, and and there's a lot of sort of house of house on Pooh Corner um, references in there and stuff, and. And it's really sweet. My sister's a massive fan. Uh, we, my wife and I, read House on Pooh Corner to our son. You know, when he was a really young baby, as part of his sort of bedtime uh, routine. Um, and so, yeah, you know, Swinny the Pooh. Uh, I think it could have been a little bit more, I don't know, hopeful or less glum. But I, I don't know. Maybe I just need to revisit it. Um, it's beautiful you can't deny that uh it's beautiful to look at and it's not like i i wasn't cringing at any point i wasn't sort of rolling my eyes or thinking oh when's this gonna end you know it was uh we saw it at the every everyman cinema as well the everyman in uh i don't know what the hell it was but it, anyway uh so it's a nice theater we had some food and you know it was relaxed we we're on a sofa um yeah, it was a nice experience maybe i'm thinking this the experience was better than the film but anyway uh yeah it you know it looks great i love the design the aesthetic uh i thought the the central characters all the you know the winnie the pooh and Eeyore and all those guys look great uh Hugh mcgregor was great as he always is actually i mean that guy i can't fucking fault him either um yeah christopher robin yeah uh another and uh, so another i'm gonna give this film an honorable mention even though there are some seriously odd uh not choices or decisions but like a, there's a glaring fucking thing uh in this film uh rampage with uh Dwayne Johnson oh see i am a fan i am a fan now i never used to be um and i was kind of dwindling during the baywatch sorry right it was baywatch was one of those films where i thought oh yeah, Dwayne Johnson's great uh and Zac Efron was fantastic but the film was like oh this is i don't know i don't know uh, there was something about it that i didn't like but um I think I am a fan of Dwayne Johnson, I think, since I saw Jumanji. And uh, that guy's comic timing and everything, he's just brilliant. And he he genuinely just, uh, he comes across as just this really nice bloke, right? I think most people will say, nobody will contest that. Um, I was lucky enough to be on set with him a few weeks ago. I didn't get to actually speak to him, which is a shame. Uh, But to be expected, because we're on set and everybody's trying to do a job. But uh, at no point did I look across at him and think, yeah, that guy looks like a fucking dick. Nope, not once. Uh, he was very serious and uh, he was, you know, getting the job done. It's not like he was goofing around and stuff. But when he smiled, you know, the few occasions where they, they'd be goofing around, not goofing around, but crack a joke or whatever, whatever caused him to smile. I thought, yeah, 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 no, he seems like a nice guy. And I thought Rampage was great. I loved that relationship. Uh, you know, all the sign language stuff with the... Uh, the white gorilla. What the hell was the white gorilla's name? I can't remember. I was pretty drunk when I saw this film, so maybe that's why it's making my honourable mention list. Um, I saw it on the plane, so you know, uh, 
yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe I was just out of it. But uh, I thought, I thought it was fun. I, I honestly had no idea how they were going to beat that giant crocodile thing because that thing was fucking huge. I was like, there is no way White King Kong is going to be able to beat Crocodile Man thing beast. Uh, you know, but they did. They win the day. Um, I really liked it. I really liked it. The only thing that I didn't like uh, was the fact that the first act spends a reasonable amount, not much time, but enough time to develop his little team, yeah? We're, uh, when we're introduced to the protagonist, he's surrounded by this team, he's got his crew, and you're led to sort of believe that we're going to go on this journey with them in a similar sort of Jumanji kind of fashion, I suppose, you know? Um, and actually, those guys then disappear. They just disappear. After the first sort of 20 minutes or whatever, you never fucking see those people again. And you're like, well, what the hell's that all about? You know, it would have been nice if they'd come back or were part of the story somehow. They they should have been, uh, in many ways. They really should have been. Um, you know, perhaps they, they could have combined the, the female character at the beginning and the uh, the British uh, lady, who, I forget her name. She was in Skyfall, I think. You know, the new Money Penny. Was, she, was that the same person? I think it was the same person. I don't know, I can't remember. But, you know, they could have combined that character, probably, quite comfortably, easily just combined that character. So at least you've got, you know some continuity in terms of your characters you're not just getting wiping the slate with one and then bringing somebody else in randomly but uh, a small gripe um actually another small gripe was uh i wasn't 100 percent keen on the bad guys uh i thought the dude was hilarious and uh the the lady was fine you know she did what she had to do the cold steely you know uh i am bad thing that was great but it reminded me a bit too much of uh, the brother and sister uh in iron fist and i was like no no i can't i can't deal with it actually maybe i shouldn't be giving this film an honorable mention i've got nothing positive to say about it apart from dwayne johnson and um white king kong uh you know it's about time there was a white king kong actually you know it's yeah anyway um what did I not see that I probably should have seen? I don't know. There was a lot of stuff, man. Oh, I did see... Sorry, I did see Mission Impossible as well on the plane. But by the time I got around to that film, uh, to Fallout, I was a good bottle of wine in. And uh, I had no fucking clue what was going on. So I can't even give that an honorable mention. I, My brother keeps telling me that it was fantastic. I'm like, okay, I believe you, you know, but... I, I have little recollection. I, I mean, I didn't fall asleep. I was there. I was awake. I was watching. But uh, I just got lost in my own headspace somewhere. And I just thought, Henry Cavill, mustache, you know, what the fuck? You, you know, I mean, you look good here, but could you not have just shaved that for Justice League? You know, I feel like Justice League would have been a little bit better if you just, if poor Warner Brothers and DC didn't have to spend like a billion dollars trying to CGI that fucking mustache off your face. Uh, but anyway, yeah, you know, Mission Impossible, I don't know, I don't know, I think it'll be hard for, uh, in my opinion, uh, the filmmakers to top, uh, one, one and three, two, even though I saw that film literally about seven times in the cinema, partly because it was John Woo, but I, I had a cracking good time at it, even though it was quite, it was a lot thinner, you know, in terms of plot and stuff than, uh, the first one, uh, I really liked Mission Impossible too, but one was just, uh, beautiful, Real, you know, real uh, 
sort of 90s thing, right? It, I, I associate that film very heavily with the 90s. It had a 90s look and feel, but I, I really loved it. And three is just J.J. Abrams just crushed it. Absolutely fucking crushed that film. I, it was just... Uh, it's up there. It's, it's got to be at least in my top 50 films of all time, maybe. But, you know, that might not be saying much given that I've seen about seven films this year. So, you know, hey. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Fallout, yeah, it was fine. Uh, films I didn't see, Fantastic Beasts 2, even though I should be biased because of the first one. Because, again, my wife, Arthi, was... In that she played the you know the jazz singer the goblin jazz singer in uh, the nightclub. I didn't even see the 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 first film all the way through. I got I think I got up to that jazz club bit, saw her part, and I was like, okay, I'm yeah done. Um, so I didn't see Fantastic Beasts, and uh, I don't think I'm going to be rushing out to see it anytime soon. I'll wait for home home video. I keep calling it home video, streaming, whatever the hell. We need to find a new. Uh, terminology for that now and you you've got to find we've got to coin something come on guys we've got to coin something all three of you listeners out there we have to coin something i'm gonna have to translate all this for my grandmother because she doesn't really understand english so uh yeah i'll yeah anyway so yeah fantastic beast mary poppins uh is it a remake is it a sequel i don't know I, i wasn't really a fan of the original uh i thought dick van dyke dick van dyke's character i wasn't quite sure what was going on i don't know yeah, I wasn't really, I don't know, I was more bedknobs and broomsticks guy. Do you know what I mean? I, I preferred that. Uh, anyway, so Mary Poppins didn't see it. Uh, probably never will. Or well, I will, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, didn't see it. Uh, what else did I not see? Fucking hell, loads of stuff. Um, up until quite recently, Ant-Man and the Wasp I hadn't seen. Until I forced myself to watch it the other night. Uh, and only because the wife is away working. So that's the only reason I got to see it. Uh, yeah, I, I haven't seen a lot of stuff. I haven't seen a lot of stuff, unfortunately. Uh, it's not, yeah, not ideal. But hey ho, Mario. Uh, that's not a thing. But um, yeah, I didn't. I didn't see that. Um, uh, that Queen biopic. Uh, is it called We Will Rock You? No, it's not called We Will Rock You. That was uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. We Will Rock You was the West End play. Sorry, uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. I didn't see. Stan and Ollie, I didn't see, but now I, I could have sworn that film came out last year because there were a couple of people that uh, mentioned that they'd seen it at, I guess it must have been advanced screenings or maybe test screenings perhaps even. But they saw it like a good two months ago, if not longer than that. Uh, but then I saw a bus advert the other day and it said coming 11th of January. I was like, what the fuck? Okay, but uh, so I haven't seen that, but seems like I've got a chance to see it um yeah oh what was it black panther was last year it was 2018 yeah that should probably that probably should have been in my list somewhere maybe i should have done like a top six or seven you know give or take rampage at number seven even though i had nothing positive to say about it but um yeah black panther okay Mm, i forgot about that uh that was okay i don't think it quite deserved all the acclaim it was getting uh story was fine i think the achievement the fact that it was uh african-american i think they were all african-americans but okay let's just call it the creators black uh just in case some of them weren't americans uh 
you know the the writer director the predominant cast i don't know i'm sure producer i don't, I don't know about the producer but yeah definitely writer director i think director definitely uh writer I, but you know it, it was a big um it's a big achievement in that sense a uh, big step forward in that uh a ethnic group that perhaps doesn't get um doesn't often get the kudos or opportunities that uh, it should got them in this uh in this one picture and uh yeah and it and it really worked um yeah it was good you know it's just it's like most of these a lot of the not most but a lot of these iron man uh iron man films got these a lot of these marvel films which follow that basic model of that structure of iron man uh and then you just wrap it up in uh in a sort of genre or something you know so one's a thriller one's a comedy one's a whatever you know but yeah okay so black panther yeah that that should be on my honorable mentions list from earlier uh definitely not in my didn't see list um what other films did uh did i not see oh god so many uh so many i wanted to see blockers odd, oddly enough about there's another weird sort of american comedy film and i love these kinds of films it, it kind of i got the sort of judd apatow kind of feel from it the the judd app the judd apps vibes um partly because his wife's in it um and she's in all of his fucking films uh leslie mann but uh you know it's it's about a couple of parents who uh, uh a couple of a gr- uh, two pairs of parents who whose kids are best friends or something and they've made some kind of pact to go and lose their virginity or some shit so blockers is actually that the word is referencing cock block you know which i don't i don't understand because technically they're just vagina blocking aren't they because it's they're girls i'm sure they're girls they're two daughters who go out to bang or am i thinking of yoga hoses no 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 definitely blockers okay well anyway i've rambled uh ran rambled on uh quite enough um so this episode is going to mark the end of what I'm classifying as season one. If you've been following uh, the show and the uploads, you probably noticed in the titles, you know, it's S1E for episode whatever, one, two, three, four, so on. Uh, so uh, this, yeah, this sort of marks um, the, uh, you know, I'm rounding off season one, essentially, and season two will be starting. Uh in Feb. I can't give you a date yet, but uh, yeah, it'll be in Feb sometime. Um, check it out because uh, I've got a lot of uh, cool stuff. You know, uh, some of you who've been following the development of this may know already that, you know, I pre-recorded a lot of stuff. Um, and so some of the things that you can look forward to uh, in season two, I've got a great, uh, some great interview stuff. So I've got... Um, a great little interview with an old university friend of mine from uh, CSU, Jen, Jen Moy. She is a graphic designer, so we studied fine art, uh, art and graphics uh, together. Uh, she is a graphic designer on major, major blockbusters. So working out of Atlanta at the minute, but she, I think she does travel. She, she got a start in, I think, The Walking Dead um, and has worked on things like Spider-Man Homecoming, Fast and Furious 5, uh, Infinity War, you know, all sorts of stuff. Um, So have a listen to that one. That will be coming up and you get to learn what a graphic designer actually does. Now, I, you know, even I, up until 
speaking to her, thought that, oh, yeah, graphic designer, oh, logos and title card and that kind of... No, no, it's a bit more involved than that. In fact, uh, yeah, t- it sounds like a tough job. Anyway, so check out that one. Um, I've also got my uh, London Super Comic Con uh, special, which I recorded actually, gosh two years ago at their last show. So they didn't do a convention last year in 2018. Um, their last show was in 2017, which is when we recorded all this stuff. Uh, got some great interviews with uh, a lot of uh, uh, great comics creators, uh, one of which is Brian Michael Bendis. Yes, yes, Mr. Bendis. When, before his uh, uh, departure to DC, so this was still when he was uh, a Marvel man. And uh, I spoke to him, well, uh, I didn't speak to him, but yeah, and we speak to him about, you know, um, Spider-Man, Homecoming, and uh, Age of Ultron, because he gets, he's, if, you, if you're if you one of these credit junkies, you'll see at the end of those films, uh, special thanks, and they'll reel off a bunch of names, and often uh, Bendis' name is in there. So uh, yeah, look out for that one. Um then there's an interview with uh, Ross Sandbridge, who was, um, you would have heard from him a little bit in our uh, MCM episode. Uh, he was one of the body doubles. I think there was two uh, on-set doubles. Don't know if that's his actual credit, but uh, yeah, that's essentially what his role was for Snoke in The Last Jedi. So uh, uh, whether you like that film, whether you didn't like that film, I don't give a shit. Just uh, listen, because uh, Ross is a really nice guy and has some interesting tales to tell. So look out for that one. Uh, we've also got a Robocop 2 commentary track oh, that was a lot of fun where I invited uh, my filmmaking buddy Sam Jeffries back you remember him from the Vimeo shorts so we're going to talk we talk about Robocop 2 um, I'm hopefully going to do an Attack the Block uh, episode that's yet to record with Arti. she was the female alien so uh, hopefully there'll be some fun stories from that one uh, yeah and uh Oh yeah! Before I forget, I've got, I'm going to do a Killing Joke special, so I there's there's going to be a two-parter. So watch out for that too. Um, in one of them, I'm going to watch the film and give a commentary, just me on my own, all oh, by myself, um, where I will then look at the graphic novel and do a comparison. I will talk through the graphic novel and the film at the same time. Don't ask me why, I just want to do it. And then the second part to that will be a wonderful little interview that I conducted um, uh, last summer with uh, a Mr. John Higgins himself. Uh, he was the colorist on the original Killing Joke. He was part of that uh, that holy trinity of the Killing Joke, um, written by Alan Moore. Uh, Brian Bolland illustrated it. Um, wonderful chap. I met him, actually, at Ellis. Uh, London Super Comic Con, LSCC. Um, anyway, uh, and uh, Higgins is the third name uh, associated with that book. Uh, really nice chap. Um, so yeah, do 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 listen out for that and and more. There'll be other stuff. So yeah, look out for season two uh, coming soon. Until then, I hope that you guys had a really pleasant Christmas break or festive break, you know, whatever, and uh, had a wonderful. New Year. Happy, happy New Year, everybody.